Since the American and French revolutions of the 18th century, the number of countries with kings and queens has been shrinking. The number of countries where royalty actually rules has shrunk even faster. Since kings and queens are becoming the stuff of fairy tales and legends, why celebrate a feast declaring Christ to be a king? Certainly Jesus was not a king. He had nothing to do with ruling anyone or anything. Ironically, this feast was introduced long after kingship's decline began. It's surprisingly new. It's also surprisingly subversive of the way we use power in this world. It is very relevant. The Feast of Christ the King was introduced by Pope Pius XI in 1925, partly in response to the growth of totalitarian and supranationalistic governments in Europe. Under those governments, dictators claimed and attempted to exercise absolute authority over the thoughts and actions of people. The state, embodied in the ruler or ruling party, was supreme. The duty of citizens was to serve the state. Such ideologies still rule huge portions of the world's people. In the face of this, the church declared that the only true ruler of people's minds and hearts is Christ. No earthly power can usurp this authority. No earthly power can treat men and women as tools of power or as resources to be used and abused at the whim of governments or others. Today is the feast of human rights. It's easy to point out examples in the political realm where individuals are trampled so that others may usurp God's rule over creation. But it's not just politicians who must recognize that Christ is king. Where else can we see situations in which the powerful lord it over others? Where else are people used by their masters and made to serve ends that are not appropriate to men and women who are children of God? Certainly the business world falls into the trap. Some enterprises even talk openly about human resource management as if people were merely assets like machinery or a pile of coal. There are obviously degrading situations of child labor, indentured labor, a fancy name for slavery, the sex trade and labor in health and life-threatening conditions. But men and women who sit at desks and make international phone calls can also be treated as if their sole value were in their usefulness to a corporation and its aims. Even families are challenged by today's feast. We may not even have to leave our own homes to see families that suffer under the dominance of an absolute monarch who may masquerade as a father, a mother, an aunt, an uncle, or even a child. Even the church is not immune. Some studies have shown that the basic reason men and women leave priesthood or religious life is the abuse of power by religious superiors. Today, the church says no to all such tyrannies. There is only one who has any claim to absolute obedience. That one is Christ. Anyone else who claims such power is a usurper. Why is that? Isn't it enough to grant that Christ is king in heaven? Isn't his claim to rule on earth meddling in internal affairs? However, in the incarnation, Christ has become a citizen of the world. 
For this king, there are no foreign relations. We are images and heirs of God. We are the princes and princesses of Christ the King. Each of us, without exception, has a dignity that cannot be subordinated to any person, ideology, or worldly desire. Today we say that Christ is King. He is not merely King of Heaven. He is King of the universe, including you and me. When we say Christ is King, we say we belong to him and to no others. We cannot then be used or abused, since that is an attack upon his subjects and his sovereignty. of Catholic Asian News is the leading independent Catholic news source from Asia. Support our network of Catholic journalists and editors who daily provide accurate independent reports and commentaries on issues affecting the Church across the Asian region. Go to www.ucanews.com slash donate and do your bit. Thank you.